good Monday evening. Welcome to another edition of the Sideline Junkies. <sighs> DC Sports Rundown. Oh, man. It's me, it's me, it's the big guy, KG. Soon to be joined by the boss, BJ. <sighs> if you watch Sunday Night Football last night, you will know why I sound the way that I sound. I am not happy. I am not feeling it after this debacle. We'll get into that tonight, but here we are. And I say we because we are joined by the man that writes all the checks and keeps everything moving. The boss of EJ. Hey, man. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to uh, this is the first one now. It's a big guy, KG. And, uh, you know, we're we going to start off the same way we started off yesterday, sending love to our, our brother and our, one of our founding fathers of the Sideline Junkies, uh, Junie. Just sending you some love, brother, you and Pam and your family. Sending y'all some love and some good, good positive energy and vibes and prayers. So we'll do that every time until we get you back, brother. Most definitely. You need anything, please, Pam. Call. Don't matter which one of the sideline junkies you call. We'll figure out how to make sure we get it done. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, this DC Sports Round is dedicated to one ass whipping in. Dallas, Texas, last night. What are they? Do they play in Dallas? What are they playing? Uh, what is that? Arlington? It doesn't matter! <laughs> <laughs> you got jokes. You got fucking oh, jokes. Oh, man. What are they playing? Is it all? What are they playing? Where's a, a, well, the location of the largest outdoor toilet bowl. You got a lot of air blowing out there. Oh, is it? Oh, you know what? Let me let me turn because I got the windows up. I'm I'm driving uh junkie, so I'm trying to get everything right. Just let me know if you still hear air. I thought I had everything closed there. Am I good now? Arlington, yeah, and you good now? It's in Arlington, Texas. Arlington, Texas. Okay, I couldn't yes. remember. You know something something with an A ass something something like that. Like, I still would love to hey, go man. take a huge ass dump in it. Hey, but the thing is, you can't really talk shit about them because they flushed y'all down the toilet last night. Oh yeah, Ooh, completely. Yeah. And you needed them heated heated bench seats last night. We'll get to that. You needed those heated bench seats last night because when you get your butt beat like that, that's an old school. Go pick out your own switch. You bring back a twig, and your mom or grandma go back out there and get damn near a log to build a house and beat you with it that's what that was and it and it we're gonna break it down because it's it it's more than just a loss to me and it, it it dives deeper into a lot of things so one of the first things i got me and kevin debated this a little bit last night you know kevin's a historian so when I, when I say something, he goes into his bags of tricks. Come on, turn that air down. Turn that air down. You can still hear air? Yeah. I'm not buying any air. I got the air off. Oh, well, maybe that's just drafting. the. Maybe that's just the sound from outside. It, I think it is. Let me let me. Uh, I'm gonna put the other earbud in and and get it away from the one window and see if that makes a difference. 
Uh, mic check one two. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. All right, let me let me retire the left one and see if the right one will be a little bit better. Get away from the window. How sound now? Uh, we still getting it. Okay. Well, um, I'm trying to think what I can do. Let's do this. Let's do this. You you you. you well, let's talk about. Is this the most embarrassing loss in the in the franchise's history? And I'm gonna try to fix my sound problem. Okay. Now this is a topic that we debated last night. No, it's not the most embarrassing loss in the franchise history. You want to talk embarrassing losses? You got to go back to I want to say it was 1940, uh, 73, 73 to nothing. 1940 NFL Championship game. The Bears beat the Redskins 73 to nothing in a championship game. That's the most embarrassing loss. How I sound better? You sound better now. Okay. I had to go just holding the phone. I don't know why the earbuds are picking up so much. Um, I wish I had the wired ones with me. But um, and I and, and I gave you that 73 nothing championship game, but no one was born in 1940. If, if you're talking about, if you're talking about on the history side, probably ninety percent of your Washington football team, I, I even go higher. Probably 98 percent have never seen clips from that forty championship game. You said nineteen forty, right? Yeah, nineteen forty. Yeah, so I, I, I'm pretty sure we're in the high ninety percentiles when you're. When you ask a Washington football team fan, have they sat down and watched clips or film of that game? Nobody has. So I guess more of what I'm talking about now, you know, you have to be specific in the modern era. In the modern era, Super Bowl era, um, Redskins fans that were born from 60 on up, that's, you know, that, that's been following this team for quite some time. So, you know, if you were born in 60, you know, you, you probably start following football probably as young as, you know, your parents would allow you. So I'm saying around like four or five, something like that. So that's what I'm talking about, because last night was bad. And, it, you know, it's a couple of things, you know, we're going to get into. And there's one thing I, I never thought I would say because I've been – on that horse the whole time, and I, I never thought it would come out, but I'm going to save that. So when I say the most embarrassing loss, because, it, you know, it was against a rival. It was on prime time. It was a dire need game, a dire need game, and, and it was just no effort. No effort on the field. It seemed like it was no effort put into the game plan. Because you just faced this team two weeks ago. And this team basically tightened up a little bit, especially on offense, because that first game in Landover, they played really sloppy on offense. They tightened up on offense, and they did damn near the exact same thing they did on defense two weeks ago. So you telling me from two weeks ago, there was no adjustments, nothing you could do to stop what was going on? It's a whole host of questions, KG. Yeah, it is. It is. But I think, and, and this, if you want to look at this rivalry, 
this is the most embarrassing loss in this rivalry. I looked it up last night. This is the largest margin of victory. Uh, man, this is just, it, it, it's so much that should have been done last night, could have been done. And I didn't feel 100% confident. And I, I told you this before the game. And, you know, that's because of circumstances, personal and, you know, the things that we're dealing with around, you know, our office. I didn't feel ginned up about this game going into it. So I just – it felt off. And everybody keeps talking about, oh, well, they flew the heated benches down. And and I, I told you, you, you say, you know, you got to knock the, the fanboy hat off my head. But you got to think about it. I looked at it as a slight when Dallas did it. But then I thought about it. I was like, Dallas flew their benches up, not because they were heated, because they're their benches. Their people are cleaning those benches. And what happened after that Dallas game? So many Washington players got uh, put in COVID protocol. None from Dallas. And I and I understand that. And I told you what I thought it was. I thought it was Daniel Snyder feeling like that he was one up. Jerry thought of it before he did. That's that's really what I thought it was. Because if you look at last night, Dallas is sitting on regular aluminum benches. They don't have the ones they flow out, flew out to FedEx. They're sitting on regular aluminum benches. And I, I don't want to hear about cleaning because we're talking about the NFL. We're talking about a billion-dollar corporation, a billion-dollar business that has protocols quote-unquote tough protocols in place to find people that aren't vaccinated to, you know, uh, dig deep into Antonio Brown, quote-unquote fake vaccination card, but does nothing about Aaron Rodgers. Just a little couple jabs. Not not the jab I threw yesterday. That was a hook. <laughs> but you, you, you talk about, when you talk about cleaning, like this is supposed to be first-class organization. So it shouldn't be any issues with cleaning. You would think you would expose it to more with the more hands it touched. Sorry, I had to blow my horn. So you think the more people that would touch it would be have a greater risk for it to, you know, contract COVID variant, whatever, you know, whatever. So I don't buy that. I just think Daniel Snyder like he always has, he feels like he was one-upped and it's something like, man, I, I'm going to do that. And it looks bad. It looks it looks like you're just a copycat. Has any other team did that since? Is it just Washington and Dallas? Washington and Dallas. Okay. And that, and, that helped, and, that, that, and that helps prove my point. It's just like you're doing this because – Mike McCarthy, it just looked bad all the way around. Two weeks ago, Mike McCarthy guaranteed victory. Dallas played a sloppy game with Washington, had opportunities to win. They flew their benches out, and they won in your house. Y'all fly the benches out to Dallas and come home, and y'all can't even sit down. Y'all had the Brazilian butt lift, and y'all can't sit down for 12 weeks. <laughs> y'all can't sit down for 12 weeks. The whole oh team. Ain't, ain't nobody. I'm. I am not excluding anybody from that statement. 
the whole I've never seen an entire unit play as bad as the Washington football team did last night. Hey, and we, you know, you know who I haven't heard from today? Who? One Mr. Gary Allen. I was I've been dreading hearing from him today because I have no excuse. And I have to sit there and I have to take everything that he every bit of abuse he could throw at me. I gotta take it. And oh, it's nothing. It's yeah, I know. I, I think he had to work, but nah, and it's he, nothing he, I can do about he it. Home. He He's just savoring all the Dallas fans. This savoring this. Because it's like you said, this is the largest margin of victory in the rivalry, which really isn't a rivalry right now. Is is and and then like you said, it's so many factors that go with this loss. The loss where, like, now you get to see who got the biggest balls. Who who the, who who want their who got that manhood? Who wants it more? And Washington basically laid on the floor and gave it up. <laughs> They did. They basically laid down and was like, you know what? Y'all y'all uniforms really pretty. They just laid down and gave it up last night. Um so, you know, it, it just so this loss is so deep, KG, man. It's like I know, you know, we try to keep this our podcast anywhere from thirty minutes to an hour, but we could literally talk for three hours a night. Because it's law, I feel like this loss has opened so many doors that go down steps and not up. The fight last night. Let's talk about the fight last night. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the fight last night. We've been podcasting since 2017. Yes, sir. And Allen and Payne were drafted a year apart, right? Yeah. Okay. So since about, you know, I try to give players, you know, at least two seasons because you, you, you should be able to see flashes of something, especially first round picks flashes of something, either they're really talented and you got to coach them up mentally or they are really good mentally and they lack some physical ability. Then you got some that's in the middle with both and they, and they got a high ceiling either way. And I've said since about 18, 19, that the combination of Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne ain't working. This was before Montez Sweat came. Now, if you are a first-round defensive tackle, and and I'm going to flip the script because a lot of people are laying blame on Taylor Heineke, and I am too, and I'm going to get to that later. Like I said, it's just so much to digest. But you have to look at it. Let me let me flip it for you. Look at what Dallas did defensively last night. Randy Gregory, uh, Parsons. Who's the other boy in the, the other end, KG? Lawrence. Demarcus Lawrence. Lawrence. All studs. All Absolute night. studs. And all night, right? They did it yeah. all night. All night, the Washington offensive line, they like high school kids. All night long, not not in the third quarter. Now they got hot for a second. They look like that all game. They look like that two weeks ago, all game long. So you have to ask yourself, why aren't your studs putting the same type of pressure 
on Dallas. And I don't I told KG this last night. I don't want to hear that this is one of the best offensive lines in the league. This it's is not. You, it's not. But this, uh, okay, this but, is, but that's that's what some people uh, will say, right? No. No. That that Dallas offensive line is depleted. They don't even have they're not even full strength. And that okay. This, and this is not the Dallas offensive line from 3 years ago, 4 years ago. You know, when you got Smith, Collins, uh Zach Martin, you don't have those guys. All those guys weren't available last night. Which you makes it have... what makes it even worse, right? Exactly. But here's so, the thing. Go ahead. Dan Quinn, who's a and you you know you got guys that are terrible head coaches, but great coordinators. Absolutely. We've, we've Dan Quinn is in that Yes, and he is one of the ones that's in that category. What he did with those three monsters, he moved them around. And that's what I always say. I said that's what uh that's what uh 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 God. What the hell is that? The, uh, uh Jack Del Rio. That's what he has to do with the players that he has. Don't put them in the same spot. Move them around. We we've said that. We've yes. said Yes, and he's, he's done. We said he's that when he drafted, that. when he drafted Montez, when they drafted Montez Sweat, we said that when they when they drafted Young, we said yeah. that, and they yeah. haven't done nothing. But now, hold on, it was a couple games. Like everybody said, wait till they line Sweat and Young up on the same side, and one be standing one hand in the dirt. But then what they would do is they would let him drop back. Let Young drop back in the coverage. I don't want Young drop, dropping back in the coverage. I don't want him dropping back. Then it would go from that to, you know, you letting both of them come and then you got Allen and Payne. I let me let me let me say this real quick. Let me gush about something that was good last night. Matt Ionitis. His name is tattooed on Dak Prescott's lower back. Cause every game he gets to Dak Prescott multiple times. Every, no matter what. And I'm like, why are you not utilizing Matt Ioannidis to do what he does best? You can move him in the end. You can move him to the outside. It doesn't matter. He's so patient doing the passing drills and, and the passing game. And he finally gets to Dak. And it's just so beautiful. Once he finally gets to him and he gets his arm around him, Dak can't get away from him. Why isn't it that everybody else is not putting up the same type of effort? Because to be quite honest, I think I Knight has signed a three-year deal two years ago. I think next year is last year of his deal. He's not going. They're not going to bring him back because they're going to have to cut the fat, and they know they're going to have to. They, they know they're going to have to pay him, and I think it would be nice to pay him. But he's on the north side of forty. I mean, I'm sorry, north side of thirty. So you you got to think about that too. And. I don't mean to cut you off. Go ahead, go ahead. You got it. But when and like I said, Taylor Heineken, nobody, nobody's, nobody's safe today. And I get the Taylor Heineken slander because I have some form t- tonight too. And I'm, I, you know what? I got a rebuttal for that. Come on, babe. But you have to look at what just happened, and you have to put it in perspective. And if you're getting a little noise, apologize, me and. Me and my little little one are out. But um, you have to ask yourself, 
are you really going to blame, put all your blame on a undrafted quarterback that's basically still in his rookie season? Or are you going to put your blame on three first-round draft picks that can't even breach a backup offensive line? You think about that for a second, Washington football team fans. I want y'all to think about that long and hard. You got three first-round draft picks that cannot get past a backup offensive line. Haven't been able to get past any offensive line for that matter. But you're laying the blame on Taylor Heineke, and he deserves a lot of it. But just put that in perspective and, and, and realize what you're asking a rookie quarterback to do. The coaching failed yesterday. I'm trying not to go ramble around. It was bad all the way around. Coaching was bad. The, the game plan was bad. But you watch Dallas on defense penetrate every time. Damn near every snap, they're penetrating. Nobody has time to throw the ball. Nobody has time to go anywhere, do anything. And you watch the Dallas, the, the Dallas, the uh, Washington offensive line, uh, defensive line, and Dak just standing in the pocket, chilling, chilling. No consequences, picking, choosing receivers. Think about that for a second. Where's the failure at right now? The failures, it start, it's got to start at the top. You got you got to start with Ron Rivera, and then you got to work your way down. I, I, I got to throw that out there. I got to say that because we didn't play offensively, defensively, special teams. No facet of football was played very well last night. I hate when people do that. So because the fact we didn't play complementary football, we didn't play football last night. We just showed up. That's basically what we did. We showed up. And then, you know, we basically, hey, Merry Christmas, Dallas, because we gift-wrapped that damn game last night. We gift-wrapped it. No, 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 no. I ain't going to let you say that. Y'all no, no, gift no, no, no. Y'all gifted that the game two weeks ago. What you saying, Dallas took it? What's the worst word for took? Uh, well... Two weeks ago, Dallas didn't take it. They, they, they. In the words of Doc Walker, what Dallas did, they walked into our house, sat down at our table, ate our dinner, burped in our face, and then goosed our wife on the way out the door. That's what they did two weeks ago. Last night, Dallas invited us into their home, locked the door, and beat the dog shit out of us. That, that that there's no 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 other comeback for that. That was an ass whooping of astronomical and epic proportions. And I'm sitting here across the room from a Dallas Cowboy fan, and she's taking sympathy on me. Like it was so bad, she won't even sit in the same bed. She won't even sleep in the same bed with me, dog. Like that's how bad that that ass whooping was last night. It's bad. She was like, I don't even want to be associated with you. So it doesn't get any worse than that. But 
the ass whooping was just that it was an ass whooping, but it was a failure from top to bottom. From the, 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 the highest coach, which is Ron Rivera, all the way down to the lowest man on the totem pole and the practice squad. They didn't prepare well for this game because it showed. Because Dallas did the same thing they did two weeks ago. They ran the same plays. They ran the same defense. How do you not prepare for that? Short week or not, utilize your time. Now, granted, we did have players out because of COVID, but that is not a motherfucking excuse. I don't, I'm tired of seeing that along social media from Washington fans, that it's an excuse. Oh, we had players out because of COVID. We had players out because of this. Yeah, but that's football. That's life. Next man up. Ain't that what we always say when somebody gets hurt? Next man it up. Is, it is all what we always say. But like you said, you got, they got beat in, in every aspect yesterday. In every aspect. Top, I think, and, and that's why I said for what happened last night, This that might have been – I don't have his stats in front of me. That might have been Ron Rivera's worst game ever in his, his coaching career. I think so. And, but and that, that's what I'm saying. This is an epic, epic proportion. And it, and it just it opens so many doors that you thought was like, man, this team is on the right track. They've won four. You know, and I know COVID hit, but to it get hit, hit hard. It hit hard. hard. It hit hard, and you lost a chance at the Eagles game, right? But at the same time, You get beat in two weeks' time. We're not talking about you played Dallas week three and you're playing them now. Yeah. Two weeks ago, Dallas did the same thing. They just were sloppy on offense. Mm-hmm. And they gave Washington a chance over and over, and Washington could not move the ball with Taylor Heineke. Let, let, let me say this, because we didn't talk about the Philly loss. But that Philly game, you can't blame – uh, 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 what's the boy Gilbert? And I had something special for you for that one because you know whose son that is, right? Who? Huh? Who you said? Whose son is it? Who? Your man, your former third string quarterback in Buffalo, Gail Gilbert. That's his son. Oh, really? Yeah. And I was like, oh wow, we got a Buffalo connection. Now, me personally, watching the Bills of the nineties. I knew who Gail Gilbert was. I knew the whole Washington team, and I knew the whole Buffalo team because those are two teams I watched in the 90s because I loved Buffalo's offense. My cousin was a Buffalo Bill fan. So we always had two TVs on, Washington on one, Buffalo on the other. Buffalo on four, Washington on nine, and we watched. But you can't blame him for that loss in Philly. He did what he came to do. Defense failed. Three games absolutely in a row. Not. Yeah, absolutely. Three games not. in a row, we've lost. Not only that, that loss last night guaranteed us a fifth straight losing season. Three coaches, five years of losing records. Even though we won the division last year at seven and nine, made the playoffs, we were below 500. It's still a losing season. Five years of losing. This is why I say 10 and 6 means nothing to me. 10 and 7 means 10 wins means nothing to me. 
only way I consider a season a winning season nowadays, Washington has to win 11 or more. If that does not happen, the season's a wash to me. I don't care. We can be number one and win a division. You, you don't win 11 games. You, you Look at uh, uh, Green Bay. Look at Dallas. These guys win 11 games consistently. I want to win 11 games sometimes. I want to win 12. Hell, I want to win 13. I want to walk into the playoffs heads held high and, 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 you know, a favorite. You know, not just a sacrificial lamb, damn it. This is what I grew up with. Now, granted, Joe Gibbs had some 6-10 and 10 seasons, some 9-7 and seven seasons, but a lot of those seasons where we were 11-5, and five, 10 and six. We went to the NFC Championship game at 10 and six. May have lost to, uh, 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 we lost in 86 to the Giants because of, that was a lot because of the win. But the Giants were just that powerful. These are the things that we need to do. And the only way that that's going to happen. Everybody's dog and tail of Heineke, but it's coaching. You got to look at it as coaching. And the coordinators ain't getting it done. I don't know what Scott Turner is doing. I don't know what uh, Del Rio's doing. But you got, what, what we got, three games? Two games left? You got the Eagles and the Giants left to, to try to show out and, you know, try to save something? But this is this is not where it's at, man. This is this is not. I know I'm rambling now, but this ain't this ain't where it's at. I am not 100 percent happy with how this team performed. I am not 100 percent happy with the way this team looks. Because this is not I, I don't give a damn about Washington football team. This is not Redskin football. You got a vaunted running attack. Now, granted, J.D. McKissick is out. Antonio Gibson is your workhorse. Off the break, to take the pressure off of Heineke, we should have been running the ball. But now everybody, you know, during that four-game win streak, speaking of Heineke, everybody was down. Oh, man, Heineke's our guy. We can go. We can We can win with Heineke. We can win. You hit a little bump in the road. Now everybody talking about get rid of Heineke. We need a real quarterback. You want Russell Wilson. You want Aaron Rodgers. You want somebody else's quarterback. You want to draft somebody. These are the things that you want. This fan base is so damn fickle. They piss me off sometimes more than the damn team. BJ, please take this mic from me because I'm, 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 I'm locked. I'm loaded. I'm pissed off. I'm here, brother. I'm here. We, we I'm here. I'm here. Now, you made a lot of good points. And um, multiple losing seasons. The crazy thing, different coaches, same type of losing, same type of losses, same scenarios where you feel like they're completely underprepared. You feel like it's a coaching failure front office failure like we, we've been talking about this for this has been basically the 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 clip we can save this clip this has been a clip since daniel snyder took over this team gravely on the except 
except the Gibbs teams. It felt like they were prepared. They were just undermanned. They didn't have the talent. Come on. Now, now, see, I got to disagree with you there. Those three years under Gibbs, two out of those three years, they had a top 10 defense. We had a defensive coordinator that used, I don't want to say spare parts, but he used guys that nobody was picking up and turned them into usable pieces. Vernon Fox, Pearson Prelo, you know, former Buffalo guys that, you know, nobody else wanted. He brought them in to play defense and to, you know, run schemes and packages. Top 10 defense. No, and I'm not going to I'm not going to disagree with you there. What I'm talking about is the, the quarterback. I'm well, talking about <laughs> because the game, the game I look at, it should be open, baby. The game I look at in the Joe Gibbs era 2.0 where it shows you it's always benchmark games. The game that I remember is the Patriots, I believe, coming to FedEx and wiping the floor with the Redskins. And I remember that Joe Gibbs press conference. He was saying we put ourselves in that position, you know, for to them to score that many points. And it just shows you where they were. They played a certain style of football, but they couldn't play with the big boys. They couldn't play with New England. You know what I'm saying? They they needed they needed a couple of more pieces, and I, I agree with you. Greg Williams did wonders on that defense. Definitely agree with you. I'm not gonna argue with you there at all. What I'm saying is they were missing some pieces to be to take that next level and be a championship team, not a you know wild card out the first round type team. That's what I'm talking about. So, but we've been saying this a long time. So now, here, here's where I am. You, you watch what Dallas did yesterday. Ladies and gentlemen, whether you want to admit it or not, that is the cream of the division. That is your standard. And, and, and Washington and New York are anywhere near Dallas. They're not, in the, they're not in the same ballpark of the Dallas Cowboys. And I know that's hard to hear. And to notice I didn't say Philly. Philly has some pieces. Philly has some pieces. That's why I didn't put Philly in there. Washington. Sorry, y'all. In and out of the car. <sighs> Daddy-daughter trip. But Philly has potential, depending on the the maturation of Jalen Hurts. Uh, the receiver, I forgot his name. They have some pieces. Okay? The Philly-Dallas game at the end of the season is going to be very interesting. The Washington football team is nowhere near that. And they look like they're a couple of years from getting anywhere near. I just never, I'm not going to say never, because you're talking to a Buffalo Bills fan that has watched New England slide in and out of Buffalo, and ain't not in a good way, for 20 <laughs> years. So I'm not going to say I've never seen it. 
But this is this is what it reminds me of. It reminds me of New England dominance. Dak isn't going nowhere. Barring injury, Dak Dak's ready to roll. That's what you have to compete with. You spent four, and I know we always say it. We're tired of hearing it, but I have to say it. You spent four first-round draft picks, right? You spent four first-round draft picks on two guys that can't bust a damn great. Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne. I told you, I don't care for neither one of them. Agreed. We've talked about that. They should be tearing. They should be terrorizing offensive lines and they're they're an afterthought me and gary talked last night he said man they were really good last year i said they were really good last year because they had a x factor on there which was chase young and people didn't know what he could do and stuff just like when you you get a new qb in there Devontae smith thank you thank you when you get a new qb in and you don't have tape on them it shouldn't take – if you're a first-round pick – now, I can see if you're off the street, fifth-round practice squad, it shouldn't take a first-round number two pick to come in there for you to eat. We're talking about two, three first-round draft picks that cannot get to the quarterback at all. Now, that run defense is actually pretty good. They're giving up 4.2. A carry, I believe I saw it earlier. But they're like, they're, I want to say they're top 10 when it comes to run defense in the league. So, but we all know if you cannot get to the quarterback, and you, this isn't the black and blue NFC East. This is, this is 2021. This is Dak Prescott airing it out. This is Jalen Hurts, the dual threat, airing it out. This ain't we're going to run 30 times and control the car. This not, it's not what it is anymore. Just think the Dallas Cowboys have Ezekiel Elliott. He was killing the league a couple years ago. And now he's not really not even the, the primary threat. And, I, and I'm saying really he's not the primary threat. He's not the primary threat on the offense. You know how many teams would, would overpay Zeke to come? Look at Saquon Barkley. Remember what he was doing. He's doing nothing right now. It's not the same league. Just like we talk about the NBA and Steph Curry, it's not the same league. Don't so get now, me started on that. Say that again? Don't get me started on that. Okay, and, and, and I don't want to. But we're, we're talking about a completely different league. And you use we, – we think Chase Young has a high ceiling. We, we're pretty sure that we, we've seen only a little of Chase Young. I, I'm confident that – he can come in and still be disruptive. But then that leaves the other three first-round draft picks that you spent that's supposed to be able to get to the quarterback, and they can't do it. So when I hear people say, it's Taylor Heineke, we need a new quarterback, I understand that because y'all do. And and I said I was going to save that for later on in the show. Y'all know I've been with Taylor Heineke the entire season. I keep telling y'all he's a rookie. And you got to give him time. He's too inconsistent. I feel like he has some of the tools. Um, arm, I, 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 heart, I believe that. But we're talking about quarterbacks that make teams better. 
that make you know a receiver that you didn't know. If you put Aaron Rodgers on this team right now, they probably would have still lost last night, but they had to put up 30 points. <laughs> it's been years since we put up 30 points on a consistent basis. And, and, but that's what I'm saying. You have – and now you have – it's just like – when I say that game last night, open doors, they go down, that's not a good thing. Because now you have to address what are you going to do on defense? You can't cover. You don't have corners that can cover very well. Right? right. You have picks that you use to solidify your defensive line. They can't get through anything. They can't get through a backup offensive line. Just think about that for a second. Excuse me. Two boys covered it from Alabama. This ain't the SEC boys. Cannot get to the quarterback. Jonathan Allen made the Pro Bowl. I don't know how. Because Brandon he had a solid Jackson. season. He's had a solid season. Okay. He's had a solid season. But to me, he's – he's. it's like maybe they were like – they fishing for a, a defensive tackle. Because, you know, if you, if you, if you go through – the 10 top defensive tackles in this league. I just don't believe Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne are in the top 10 at all. Now, Allen might be top 15, top 20, but that's not what you fit for, uh, spent the damn first-round draft pick for. No. You don't spend a first-round draft pick for you to be top 20 in your position. It's not good because what the the Pro Bowl? What do they hold? Two, three defensive tackles. Yeah, that's what we're talking about now. Yet, you know, I, I would like to go through who else are the other defensive tackles in the NFC and see who maybe how he made it because I just don't understand how Brandon Sheriff made it after after two weeks ago and and, and Parsons literally de- disintegrated him all game. This is supposed to be a Pro Bowl guard, top in the league, top three in the league. We've said that. Disintegrated easily all game two weeks ago. Parsons, Lawrence, uh, Gregory, you name it. You name it. Two weeks ago, he was the, the kid running around the revolving doors. You know how the kid gets stuck in the revolving doors and they just keep going around? Yep. That's what Brandon Sheriff was last week. And for you to supposed to be one of the top guards in the league, that is unacceptable. Like, this whole team is a joke. Everybody on that field last night, nobody's excluded. Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, Sheriff, Allen Payne, Sweat, everybody. Nobody wanted it last night. That's what it that's what it that's what it looked like to me. Nobody wanted it last night. And because talk about that fight. Because that's where we originally started. Talk about that fight. And, I, just want, I just want to know why why we even got to that point where them two guys are even fighting. Well, and, you know why? It's it's okay to have you and I have had heated discussions over the years. But not once have either one of us put our fingers in. You never put your fingers in another man's face. And not near one time have we ever done anything like that. 
We've no, had heated discussions. We've had we've had times where we've gone back and forth on WhatsApp and we had to cool down for a little bit. But it's but, it's never it's never got even gotten close to that. No. And they said, well, you know, brothers and brothers fight. Yeah, brothers do fight, but sometimes you got to know not to push your brother that way. Your brother's still a man. You don't put your hands in, in another man's face to the point where he gonna swing on you. And that was that's where the fight broke out at. Yeah, but I, I just want to know. Oh, excuse me. I just want to know what led, like, y'all got that much energy to be on the sideline fighting. Yeah. But can't get past backup offensive linemen. That that yeah. that's that's the crazy part. Y'all can't get past backup offensive linemen. You got Dak Prescott standing there looking like a statue, but y'all got enough energy to fight each other. And you know, losing brings out that. We always say, you know, and, and then we we're not gonna say we say it. it's it's just a age old saying winning cures everything. And losing brings out the dog. Losing brings out the worst. And when you're getting shellackled like that, it is, that's when, when you're going to see stuff like that. Now, it's going to be very interesting because before all of this and before the season, when John, Jonathan Allen got his extension, we already talked about there's going to be an odd man out because this is before this season. There's going to be an odd man out because it is no way in hell that you can even justify paying pain or sweat if it gets to that point and they can't get to the quarterback. You draft this sweat to get to the quarterback. You drafted Allen and Payne to dominate, to make offensive lines dread coming to Landover. Dread saying, oh my God. God, we gotta play Washington. That's and they like that's not. They look on the schedule like, man, that's five sacks right there. Yep. Washington offensive line, that's at least five sacks. Dallas is making side bets. That Prescott and Parsons are making side bets. That is the utmost disrespect. That is the most disrespectful thing. I, I just like man, they may. That's when you know, you you. Now you understand where Mike McCarthy was coming from when he guaranteed victory two weeks ago. They don't respect this team. Not at all. They don't respect this team, and that's what pisses me off. Because yes, y'all hear me talk about Buffalo. I got my Buffalo sweatshirt on now, but Team One A is Washington because I grew up in this area. TV all the time. When I, when I start listening to Sports Talk Radio, Kornheiser, Andy Poland, Thompson and the boys, Doc Walker, Smoking Owl, they talk about the Redskins. Bram, Steve, Steve Zabin. Oh, they talk about the, the, the Skins. Oh, I'm sorry, Washington football team. So, you know, yeah, I'm fi- I follow them. And it, it, it pisses me off that you went out there, they basically gave you 14 points. Gave you 14 points, put their backups in, showed you no respect, and that's nope. and, and y'all just laid down and took it. Yep. There was no fight. There was no unsportsmanlike 
conduct penalties. Like somebody hit Dak Prescott late. I ain't saying injure him, just throw him to the ground. Send a message. Check that's all that's all exactly. You, you know what that made me think of? Say what, it again. What, what, you know what that made me think of? What's that? You know, when you, what did John Cheney say? You know, you got to have you a few goons. You know, you got to have a goon to go out there. That's just maybe just for that. That's the only reason why he on the team because he a goon. And and they don't have they don't have they don't have no goons. But you you know the other saying. Everybody want to be a gangster till it's time to do gangster shit. And that's that's a hundred percent the truth. And, and Ben saying they fighting because one got his money and. Uh, like my thing is, you could get your money, but you're not showing you deserve the money. Like I, I, I like if look if Washington offer Payne any money, somebody need to go to Ashburn with pitchforks and raise hell. It's no way. I, I, it's no way I'm extending this dude. It's no way. We're talking about Ionitis, right? With four first round draft picks on the line, he should be an afterthought. But he's not. He's the best player on that line. He's damn near the best player. I, I would give you that. He's probably the best player on that line. And no, 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 no slight to Ionitis, but he's an above average end. But here's what here's the thing. If you play Madden, if you looked at scouting reports, Ionitis's scouting report said would say high motor, doesn't need to be motivated, will give you everything he got. But he's only going to be a 79 overall. He might get to an 82, 83. He might have a hot streak. Allen and Payne is doesn't have high motor, um, problems motivating, um, um, un, uninterested at times. Great talent, though. That that's what that's that's what it is. The the jury's still out on Chase Young because he got hurt because he wasn't getting to the quarterback either. So I'm gonna let KG. I, I see you, Ben. I see you. I'm gonna let KG talk about the Everett situation. But it, it's a lot of questions because now you get your quarterback. You gotta, you basically damn near have to gut this defense. It's pieces that you can keep, but I mean, you already signed Jonathan Allen. But you have to go forward now and figure out, okay, are we gonna, what what base defense are we gonna run? What, you know, what I'm saying, what do we need to do? You found a home for Landon Collins. I feel like, yeah, he got a unfortunate injury but I feel like that for the most part he's good they, they moved him down they got him to a hybrid position he's flourish okay cool that's situated but everybody else is in question everybody else is in question KG I'm gonna let you take the mic man it, it, my phone burn alright let me let me put it this way and I got to be real quick about it. <coughs> Excuse me. Got something caught in my throat. I'm going to be real quick about it. Chase Young, the jury's still out. You know why the jury's still out? Because Chase Young and Montez Sweat got one move. They don't have a spin move. 
They don't have a hump move. I told you this last night. They don't have none of those things. That's a problem. You have to have more than one move set in the NFL. Because if you're in the bull rush, you're going to stay in the bull rush. Everybody's going to know. Just back up. Use momentum against them. That's it and that's all. <coughs> Excuse me. So, if that's the case, the jury's not out until they find a new move. It's easy to stop them. Okay? Number two, Ionitis is the best thing on this line. You know why? Because nobody expects anything out of him, but he gives you everything he got. Let's be real with that. And I, I love players like, I love Ionitis. I love Ionitis. I love somebody that's going to fight tooth and nail. I don't get that same vibe from Allen. I don't get that same vibe from Payne or Montez Sweat. I don't get, I don't, you just don't get that. You, I don't feel like their motor's running all the time. I don't feel like that it's important to them. They got Russell Westbrook syndrome. <laughs> if I play, if I play good, cool. If I don't, I'm not going to lose any sleep. And that's Carmelo Anthony syndrome too. That's been his syndrome since he, he went to New York. And I'm not trying to go off target. I'm just trying to give you an example. He went to New York and he lost that dog he had in, in Denver. Russ got exposed when KD and everybody left him. And you find out how selfish he is. And it's not about winning. It's about, he can say whatever he wants. He's chasing stats. And I feel like for pain, Allen, and sweat right now, they don't want it bad enough. They don't want it bad enough. It's bro, I'm sorry. It's no way that that, that Prescott yesterday is going to keep standing up. I'm just going to have to take a 15 yard, and I'm going to have to lower the shoulder and put right one right underneath his chin. Not trying to hurt him. Not, I don't want to see that. But this is football. You have to send a message. Rattle his cage a little bit. You start a fight, y'all, hey, y'all fight. What's the lose? I'm sorry, KG. Continue. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going through a sneezing fit right here, trying not to laugh at your head. <coughs> oh, excuse me. I'm choking here. But here's my thing. I'm gonna need to take over real quick, BJ. Hold on, I clip it through. Cool, it's cool. As you know, I got I got a motor mouth. My scouting report for podcast: very high motor. Might need to shoot him to shut him up. That's 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 my scouting report for podcasting. I can talk. That ain't no problem. For me, I said this earlier in the season. Um, and I said Brandon Sheridan need, needed to go. And, and not because at the time, like, okay, yes, he's supposed to be top three guard in the league. Right? But at the same time, you have so many more needs that you have to figure out what you're going to cut and what you – sometimes you have to cut your losses to float back up on top. Sometimes it's just too much weighing you down. 
you have to cut them sandbags and them center, center, uh, center blocks off so you could get back to the top and get some air. And I think that's what Washington is now. They're 20 feet underwater, drowning. And you really have to sit back. Like I said, I think for me, the 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 the, the kind of like the glimpse, the, the, the shining star of the season was landing Collins. Moving down, coming into the hybrid position, and flourishing. For me, that's that's nobody else is, you know, yeah, Terry McMullen has made some some great catches. The Curtis Samuel signing, he's been hurt the whole time. You know, you can't even see what you got out of him, how he would make the offense better. Um, the receivers that, you know, that you've been had here. You know, they show flashes, but at the same time, it's just like you can't tell what you got out of them because a quarterback can't get them the ball for various reasons. And one of the he main got no reasons, problem getting Terry the ball. He, but he, if you think about it, he's throwing prayers to Terry. He's throwing prayers to Terry, and Terry's just that good that he can make those adjustments and go get that ball. Leads the league in contested catches. Who, Terry McLaurin? Yes, he does. Exactly. And, and I don't I don't mind you throwing a prayer to Terry because he can get it. You know, it's, it's certain receivers that you can throw prayers to. Hey, one-on-one, I'm giving you a chance to go get this ball. Devontae Adams, Hopkins, Cooper Cup. You know, it, it's, it's, it, the list goes on. Uh, A.J. Brown. Let, let me say this, and I saw what Ben said. Don't downplay the, the Everett situation. Yeah, we missed the Shazer Everett, special teams captain. He's been a rock for this team for years, and we really missed him. And I, I hope he gets better. Uh, I heard that um, Cameron Curl and Ben St. Juice were in the car behind him when he had his accident, and his passenger, she did pass away. We talked about that uh, yesterday. Uh, so prayers go out to her family. I'm hoping he pulls through. They say it's non-life-threatening, but it's serious condition. Uh, details have not come out, but I'm just hoping like hell, you know, he, he's able to have the hell with the football career. Quality of life is where it's at with him. So, But him not being on the field yesterday, that's one of our captains. He's been a captain for what, five, six years now? He's been, he's been a captain, and no Landon Collins yesterday. And I think Landon Collins would have had a really good game yesterday, but they didn't run the ball. They passed all overs. It's just it's so much. Now, I got myself under control now so I can say this. We got a series of questions. You know, where do we go from here? Is the season over? We answered about Allen and Payne. BJ already said Payne has to go because Payne's the one up for contract now. Allen got his money. Payne already did it. Were we out coach or did they just underperform? Both. So that answers every question. Now, is the season over? No, you still got two more games, but I think playoff hopes, you know, that light's pretty dim at the end of that tunnel. So let's just say that. Uh, But where do we go from here? 
you have to take this game. These next three games have to be evaluations. Of course, you're going to look into getting a quarterback. And we have some decent receivers. I, of course, you know I love Cam Sims. I love Scary Terry. Curtis Samuel, I'm still on the fence about because I don't know what he can do. I've only seen him for one game. Like, I don't know what he can do. Uh, I wanted them to bring Kelvin Harmon back. At this point, I don't know why they just don't. This, this, I feel like the season's over. I feel like the season's over. You got the Eagles that are, have jumped in front for the seventh spot, I believe. And that loss dropped Washington back two spots, I believe. Maybe more. I, I don't have it in front of me. The Eagles look like they know who they are. They're going to play their style of ball. Washington doesn't have a clue. And Dallas has gave you the blueprint twice. If you just want to zero blitz Taylor Heineke and that Washington offensive line, they can't handle it. They can't handle it. Well, you can rush five and they can't handle it. They can, yeah, you can. You can rush four, actually. You can Here's rush the thing. four. Randy Gregory put uh, – it was either – was it Sheriff or was it Flowers? He put one of them in a spin cycle repeatedly last night. We can't keep going through this. This can't keep happening. But here's the thing. You got to expect it like this. If you keep getting the same result over and over and over and over, obviously you got to change what you're doing so you can stop getting that same damn result. How is it? It's it's a black cloud over D.C., over Ashburn, Virginia. Because it seems like coaches come in and they're smart, and then all of a sudden they get here, and you know, they—they they don't know what they're doing. And Ron Rivera knows what he's doing. He's changed the culture, but he needs players to play. I'm 40 years old, and I run through a brick wall for the guy. I really would. I would run through a brick wall for Ron Rivera. That's how much I bangs with him. The players that are getting paid to play for him. Got to feel the same way, too. If you don't feel that way, go ahead and say you don't feel that way. We can get you up out of here and get some players in here that really want to play. You still there, boss? Yeah, I'm still there. I was wondering what happened to you. Oh, no, I, I, went, I had went to mute. Okay, okay. But I, I mean, now, hold on. Let me, let me say this. Let me get this okay. out the way. You said that the season is over. I don't believe that the season is over. It's still got two games left. If they can finish eight and nine, okay. But here's my thing. That's only a one-game improvement off of last year. What does that really do? Honestly, what does it do? I, but you say it's only a one-game improvement, but given what was handed to this team this season, I say it's pretty damn impressive. Well, yeah. I you mean, basically, you basically game a gave away to the Eagles because of COVID. Even though they gave you the extension, you had to bring a guy off the street to start a quarterback, and he didn't do a bad job. They no, did, I, didn't do a bad job. I, you know, guy gave credit where credit's due. Um, but. Yeah, it is, it, and it puts you one game in the win column, which is a bad thing because of the draft. 
Because if you're saying you have to go get a quarterback, who wants to come here? Who honestly wants to come here? People talking about, oh, go get Aaron Rodgers. Why the hell would Aaron Rodgers want to leave Green Bay where he could compete for an NFC championship yearly to come to Washington? Money, money, yeah, yeah. Money, money, yeah. That's going to be a hell of a lot of money. Uh, isn't that what Washington does on a, on a regular basis? When you Russell got a, a big name free agent, you throw money at him. Russell Wilson. Why do they? Why would they want to come here? And I, I understand no, what no. you're saying. I understand what you're saying, money. But if you want to win, these you talking about Russ? You talking about um, Aaron Rodgers? They've won their whole career. I believe this season is the first season, and Russell Wilson's career has been a losing season, right? Why would you want to come to Washington? There's nothing set up here. You might get your career ended behind this offensive line. But see, that's just it. You got guys. I mean, this team is a work in progress. Now, don't don't get me wrong. Hold on. Think about this. We're in rebuild mode. Uh-oh. We knew that when Ron Rivera was hired. We're in rebuild mode. And to be able to be in rebuild mode and sniffing the playoffs, you made the playoffs last year. You're sniffing the playoffs right now. And he said, "Give me five years. It's only this is only year two. I think this is a damn good, you know, something, something going on with uh this rebuild. Because I mean, rebuild is three and thirteen, five and eleven, six and ten." Six and ten, nine and seven. Then you kind of turn the corner with a ten and six. Then you might get another ten and six, then eleven and five, then maybe a thirteen and three in there. That's if you stick with the plan. I think this is pretty good for a damn rebuild. And I'm just being optimistic. I think this is pretty good for a rebuild. And I understand what you're saying. Or you can get stuck in the Buffalo loop, where for years they're six and ten. Seven and nine, eight and eight, and you're just out of reach of getting the player that would change your franchise. So you have to figure out, and this is where, you know, people that make more money than me make the decisions, but you have to figure out where you are because you can put this team back on the field next year. Let's say you don't get a quarterback, you got to bring Heineke back. Let's say you go. Nine and eight next year. That's going to put you back in the middle. That's not going to put you where you need to be for that top five, top three pick to get a quarterback. And, you know, I think me and you both agree for probably Washington probably has some of the worst scouts in the league. But you know why? One of the some of the worst scouts because the guys that they had scouting before that started mining those late round draft picks and the guys that you wouldn't you know the Ionitises of the world they took them out of that control they took them they took that charge from them and I'm saying I, I say it all the time when you want to talk about scouting in Washington look no further than Doug Williams because he did a lot of scouting for Washington early on him. And I keep going back to it, and I feel like a freaking broken record when I say it. Scott McLuhan, uh, when Bruce Allen, now we're two years removed from Bruce Allen. 
But when they had, when you had guys that were actually doing the homework year in, year out, all year long, that's all they were doing was scouting and looking at players and seeing how they handled themselves. Then they go up to the senior bowl and they say, hey, coach, check out this player. Is, does he fit what you want? But now we have a whole different brain trust. So, and you got Marty Herney, you got Martin Mayhew who came home. You got Ron Rivera. I think this is going to be the best offseason that we've had. And I hate to say it like that, but it's going to be one of the best offseasons that's going to turn into one of the best seasons because we're going to be able to go shopping for real. Because I don't think anybody's getting any money off this team. If you got to bring Heineke back, you're going to have to find your free agent quarterback. And uh, up the road, up 295 a little bit, it's a quarterback that's playing up there. Yes, it and is. His name ain't Lamar Jackson. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Wasn't even thinking about that. Yes, it is. But here's the thing. What happens when he comes here? Because you don't have the same coordinator as you do in Baltimore. No, you don't. But see, they got to pull one of your moves if he comes here. And if we talk, we 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 talk about one of the same two quarterbacks in Baltimore. But they gotta be. They gotta say, "Hey, this is what you do well. We need to enhance that and build around that." Taylor Heineke should be running a lot more read option than what he runs. He should be pulling that ball a lot more and taking off and running. He really should. And and he let really me, should. Let me touch on what you just said because you know in this podcast we've we've always said that. Your, your 1,500-page playbook doesn't impress anybody on this podcast as an offensive or defensive coordinator. It's how well you can tailor what, what you have offensively, what you've learned, to what you have on the field. Okay? Cam Newton and Robbie Anderson was just – Robbie Anderson had a press conference and was basically saying, you know, Cam should – you know, Cam, you know, for what he what he's going through, having to come in and learn a playbook, and and immediately when he said that, I couldn't listen to anything else because I was sitting here learning a playbook. Why is Cam Newton Newton coming in learning a damn playbook? You talking about 2015 NFL MVP? You think Aaron Rodgers is going to come somewhere and learn somebody's damn playbook? Are you crazy? Are you crazy? You think Russell Wilson is going to come somewhere and learn somebody else's playbook? No. This is what I do. Bruce Arians, offensive mind. When Tom Brady got to Tampa Bay, I promise you. Here go the playbook, Tom. This is what I like to do. Tell me what you like. Let's get together. Let's, let's you know, kind of put, put things together. But see, that's the way, you know, that was unheard of. I can't remember the offensive coordinator that came in to Pittsburgh and did that. Came into Pittsburgh, pitched Big Ben the playbook and was like, we're going to sit down. You're going to pull out the plays that you like to run. And we'll keep those plays and then we'll design new plays on that. And Ben had one of his best statistical seasons of his career. Because you had a coordinator that wanted to work with him. And I want to say it was McDaniel. That came in and did that. But nobody does that anymore. 
nobody does that. I can't say, well, BJ, this is what you do well. You're you're a great pocket passer, but I want to get you in the gun and, you know, we're going to do something old school. We're going to run the wishbone or we're going to run a triple option. We're going to take the passing out of your hands. Why would I do that if your strength is a pocket passer? But then also you got to realize you got players that want to say, hey, I want to be this. I want to be that. And they ruin their careers and then they start begging for jobs to come back after they write a tell all book. Now, that was a right hook. That was a, 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 a right hook to the body with an uppercut combination. Because I just threw that. I just threw that. Yeah, bro. And I, I, I agree with you, man. Like, it's just, it's so many, like, the, the last three weeks, the two Dallas games, it's so many more questions now. Because you go on that, that winning streak, you're like, all right, they're putting it together. And you get to that Dallas game where they were here two weeks ago, and you're like, okay, they lost, but they lost that game. Not Dallas won. They lost that game. We'll see you in two weeks. Then two weeks come, and you get blown off the map. Now you blow ashes off, off a piece of paper. That's what the Washington football team was last night. So now you got questions after questions after questions, who you have to let go. It's no way. I, I just for me, it's no way I can pay Brandon Sheriff. It's no way I can pay Deron Payne. It's just absolutely no way I can pay these two guys. Not in a million years. Because you talk about going shopping and you gotta be meticulous about your shopping list. You just can't go grab. Because it'll, it'll be a lot of people that you can grab that'll take your money and run. We've seen it before in the early 2000s with this team. So you have to be careful on who you're giving your money to. Get a piece here, piece there. Of course, you're going to have to do something with this offensive line. You got to do something. You have to make some upgrades. Whether, you know, I, I believe it's going to be a combination of personnel and coaching. The offensive line, you have to address the quarterback issue. If they have to bring Heineke back, fine. You don't want to rush out. You don't want to overpay. If you bring Fitzpatrick back, okay, fine. All right, there's no rush because you're looking for somebody that can take this franchise where Dallas has with Dak Prescott, where you have your quarterback. Your quarterback can win you a Super Bowl. That That's what Dallas has. That's what Green Bay has. That's what Tampa Bay has. That's what Kansas City has. That's probably what Cincinnati's going to have. That's probably with what the Chargers are going to have. And hopefully, in my lifetime, that's what Buffalo's going to have. So you have to go find that. And if you had, look, if you have a 12, 17 round, uh, round uh, pick, okay. You take the best player available. Don't rush. Don't try to, you know, like, like if it's somebody you can get to move up, okay, move up. But take what you can and build. That's Okay, go get your offensive lineman. Start building. Go get you an anchor piece. 
You know, Deshaun Watson's still out there. We don't know what's going on with him. There's a whole bunch of wheels that could be turning. But this team has a lot, a lot of holes. A lot of holes. It, 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 it is bad. It, it's, it's bad enough where you like, go get the five, six, seven guys off the practice squad. The hell with this? If y'all not going to play, let's go get them and see if they got a little bit more hard motor to make this thing work. KG, you and there? I, yeah, I'm here. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. It, it, it's like, okay, you got to do something. Because what you're doing ain't working. Now, here's my thing. I really, 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 really don't want to sign Fitzpatrick back. I didn't want to sign Fitzpatrick in the first place. $10 million for, what, a quarter? Uh, Kyle Allen is done. His contract's up. Uh, Fitz, um, uh, Sheriff, he's on a franchise tag. So who knows what will happen with him? Will he be signed to a long-term deal? Or will it be, you know, hey, happy trails to you. But I can't see us paying out a whole bunch of money to Brandon Scherf and he can't stay healthy. Yes, he's one of the top guards in the league. But I, I, I can't see paying out that much money. I can't see paying, paying $40, $50, 60000000 million. I can't see it. We, we can't do that. We, we can't do business the way business has always been done. Because doing business in that aspect has yielded how many championships in the last 25 years? No, I'm not even going to say 25 years. In the last 20 years. Now, granted, it's a lot of talent that got out of here and went elsewhere to be good. But then it's also a lot of talent that was talent here and never played another down in the NFL once they left. We can't do business as usual this summer. With this spring, this offseason. Evaluate this next two games. Evaluate the players that you have. And move on. I, I, I'm feeling like Professor Lucky right now. Yeah, I like you. But if you ain't performing, you got to go. Loyalty out the window. I need players that's going to play. You got to go. Just my thought. Just my thought. Well, brother, we need to step on out of here. We've burned all the candle. Yeah, we sure enough have. We sure enough have. So, uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, Lady C, the Midnight Rider, Ben, and the, and the text window. Appreciate it, everybody that listened. Uh, man, this ain't the last show for the week. Now, we got something special coming up. Uh, end of the week, New Year's Eve, end of the year show. We still got a matter of fact, we got to vote on our athlete of the year. Shoot. <laughs> we got a lot of things to do. So we got work to do before Friday's show. But until then, that's the boss, BJ. I'm the big guy, KG. Can't say we don't do no overtime because we just did it. But we are out of here. Peace. Love you, Junie.
Big love, Jody. Love you, man.